Got an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? You're not alone. There are literally thousands of people out there with great podcast ideas for either their businesses or simply for entertainment, but they don't know the first thing about podcasting. The DVM Production Empire has been successfully producing high-quality podcasts since 2009 and has received millions of downloads. Yes, millions. And now the DVMPE has decided to pull back the curtain and offer their podcast production services to the rest of the world. Unlike some other podcast companies, our team will work with you from the creation of your podcast idea all the way to getting it released to the marketplace. We work with you in three different phases. The development phase, which includes getting your ideas to a workable action plan, the creation of your RSS feed, and if you don't have your own artwork already, we can help you with that too. Next is the hosting phase, which includes a safe place to launch and house your podcast episodes. And of course, the distribution phase, where we deliver your content to major podcast markets like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Player FM, Podomatic, and many more. We'll do all of this for just $10 a month plus a one-time setup fee. So what are you waiting for? Call or email us for a free consultation today. The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the DVM Production Empire. That's how you know it's good. This is a DVMPE production. Join the empire today at DVMPE.com. LGBTQ, interracial, adopted, multi-generational, and blended families are challenging the nuclear paradigm and are the new normal. We're going to explore the lives of these families that are refusing to remain socially invisible. This is Not Your Nuclear Family Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Nuclear Family. I'm the host, Shawnee, and with me I have Mandy, Tiffany, and Danica. So today we're going to talk about something um, that's you know pretty close and dear to our heart. One of our members, Danica, mm-hmm. um, she recently ran for office. She ran for the um, state rep of the 41st district, and um, so today we're going to hear about her experiences, um, you know, what it was like for her, and just you know, kind of hear her story and how that turned out. So. Nika, what gave you the idea to start running? I first started in the um, Naperville District 203 Parent Diversity Advisory Council. For the school board. For the school. Mm -hmm. um, School district, but not the board. Oh, I didn't realize there's a difference. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) My bad. Um, And so that was a little little dip in the pool, as you say, um, with being involved with matters that happen out here as far as diversity, the, what's that thing they have, the gap? The achievement gap? Yeah, the achievement gap, um, and then also the diversity of the teachers with the students uh, and how important that was. And branching out from there, I started to meet other people, and someone suggested me for a group, and I just got on the, I just joined the group without really knowing what it was about, and I'm still a part of that group. Um, and, you know, just being out and meeting people, I got to learn also about the political, uh, scene that's out here, which is mainly Republican. Um, when I first came, it's starting to change a little bit, but one of the things that people talked about was the representation that we had in Springfield, uh, for our district and how it was not aligning what most, what, what most people um, values were. Um, 
I never thought of myself as a politician. Actually said I would never go into politics. Um, but, you know, my experience as a social worker and also wanting to create change and also highlight the issues that were important, not just in our district, but also Illinois, uh, especially mental health. Uh, how I got to <laughs> running was I went to a, I, I thought about it before, but in February of 2019, I went to an event that was um, held by actually our U.S. Senator's wife, Dick Durbin's wife, where they brought women together who were in office to talk to women who were thinking about running. And it was a table full of women like Lauren Underwood and um, just different state reps, U.S. reps, which was her, and just the process that it would take. Um, there was definitely a lot of realness in it by saying that, you know, 80% of the women who uh, run don't get elected. Um, it, it was just like... It didn't seem like it was easy, but after leaving that that training, I was energized to run for something. Mm -hmm. um, no one I knew was running for two positions within my district, which was the county board or the state representative. And I wanted to make a difference on a larger scale, and the county, the county just wasn't going to hit that. And so... Um, I decided I was going to run for uh, state rep, and I went to another training that was uh, that held in Springfield, and the reason why um, that really sticks out was I went, uh, I packed up everything, got in the car, and then when I got to Springfield, I realized I left my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, my mom and her two friends, um, Angie and, and Monique, jumped in the car and met me in, uh, what's the middle, uh, where Illinois State is? Bloomington? Bloomington. So, I, I that's had to That's a good hour and a half drive, y'all. That's, that's family love, I'm mm -hmm. just saying. <laughs> that, that was family love. Um... <laughs> And I got back in time to take my picture, which is my political picture that you see um, on all of my, like, Facebook and, Facebook and yeah. all of that. And um, that training was through the National Democratic, I don't, it's too many acronyms. I'm just going to say that right now. It's um, politics for you. Yes. It was a two-day training. Um, I met a lot of good people, a lot of people running, um, <laughs> but uh, from there I knew I was going to run for something and that was like May of last year. Um, but in the meantime, I also had become involved with another organization, uh, which is called uh, Neighbor Pride, uh, and I was on the board and was kind of the spokesperson as you the voice uh, um of uh of the organization tell us like, a little bit what is neighbor pride uh so neighbor pride is the first lgbtq organization uh in naperville that actually has events 
for family, um, families, friends, and, you know, it was a little bit of a, a different spin than going to Chicago. You know, people have this uh, perception, which we always talk about, you know, people in the queer community just being wild and sexualized and all that stuff, but, you know, here in Naperville, it's a family place. Um, and so we had like, we hosted a movie night, we had game nights, you know, we had a health and wellness fair, uh, which actually, uh, we will kind of highlight a little bit later because that's one of where our episodes was taped last year. Um, but anyway, I was involved with that group and was involved with them up until I started to plan for running. So I sent out like a monkey survey. What do you call that? Survey, survey monkey. Survey yeah. monkey. I'm monkey. dyslexic. <laughs> Same thing. No. Um, I'm for real. I really well, am. Can I, I just, can I just uh, interrupt you real quick? Just as a side note, for anybody that did uh, listen to our Pride episode. See, this is something I think is really Im- important and significant, right? During the Pride episode, which was last year, mm-hmm. we were talking about how we've evolved in Pride and how mm-hmm. like the surrounding suburbs around Naperville were all holding pride events, mm-hmm. whether it's a picnic or whether it was a pride parade. And at that time... One had puppies. One had yeah, puppies, yeah. yeah. Bolenbrook yeah. had puppies. And I remember during that thing, we had talked about wanting to start something here in Naperville. And Danica did it. You joined a group that started a pride thing. So the following year, oh yeah, we yeah. had pride events all last summer on that. And so I just... To me, I just really admire that, Danica, because you were part of that that actually made it happen. And so I think that's part of what is so inspiring about this run for office is kind of like hearing the build up, mm-hmm. but then also about like making these things happen that we've saw vacancies for and now we're starting to see come together you right, know, in these right. past few years, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, you've you've garnered change already. Yeah. You know, and. Um, I know I've been to you know see you speak at a few things and you're very well respected. So am I articulate? Uh, you yes, you are very. You speak so well. Okay, from, from, from where you're from. So code switching, <laughs> which was another episode. I know. Yeah. We're bringing it all together today, guys. <laughs> so I didn't mean to interrupt, but like yeah, no, I mean it's it, it was cool to kind of see like I, I mean it wasn't just you, no. but you joined the movements to make them happen, and you were the spokesperson, you were the face of it for a while, you yes. know. So that was which cool. was interesting, um, but <clears throat> yeah, the um, the and also Naper Pride continues, and uh, just because of this virus this year, they had this big Pride festival. Uh, planned and of course everything got canceled so uh, be on lookout for that probably next summer uh, if we are coronavirus free or vaccinated or whatever (laughs) happens yeah okay Um, and so after the pride uh, uh, the the hope the health and health and wellness fair um, I announced um, at the end of August that I was running and had like a, I'm not going to say a coming out, but it was, it was like a, a launch event, wasn't it? I guess it was a launch event. Uh, technical Announcement? Terms. 
It was an announcement. Kickoff. Yeah. No, there was Field no kickoff. It was a formal announcement of your intention to run. Yes. And I had a lot of people come out supporting me. Um, I do want to highlight that I had a uh, very enthusiastic, involved um, campaign manager. Um, and, you know, one of the things as we were meeting, my campaign manager, Jennifer, has... Uh, quite a few kids and we've had her on the show as well mm-hmm. uh but she has <laughs> twins that are young and were not in school at the time we were doing this and so and actually Shani came one time we had meetings at mcdonald's playland right to to you know like we have to meet everybody where they're at and where they're available and if we had to go to mcdonald's playland to let the kids run, and for us to talk, that's what we did. Um, but, you know, I announced, and there were groups of people going out and getting petitions signed for me because I had to come up with, um, oh, God, 500. Okay. Was it 500 signatures? I thought it was 1,000. No. Because then you say well, you have to go double over. it. The minimum right. is oh. 500, but you sh- the best, you should get at least ah. double or triple what okay. you're the minimum. Because... They could challenge any of the signatures, and you want to, if they challenge and they knock some off, you know, you'll mm-hmm. still have that at least right. 500. So, yeah, there are people out there on the streets going to libraries. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we talk a little bit about the launch event? Okay. Yeah, because all, all of our, you guys were there, like, so Shani mm-hmm. and Tim showed up, all of our friends showed up. Our kids were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you gave, like, a real formal speech. We had... You had some friends that were running for other representative offices that were there that, mm-hmm. like, introduced you and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and your your mom was there and all her friends were there, you know. Everybody's really, like, it was, like, a really big thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, I'm curious, you know, since this is, like, talking about family, too, right? Mm-hmm. So you were just surrounded by all your chosen family, by your actual family. Your sister was there. What was that like? And then how do you think, like, um, our kids like, interpreted that event, you know? Like, do you ever reflect on that? Hmm. I, sorry, I just started laughing because all I know is that our son was probably just, like, pizza. Like, <laughs> it was at a pizza place, yeah. yeah. It was fancy pizza. Yeah, it was fancy pizza. pizza, which he was, like, you know, not excited about. He was like, say no dominoes, you know? <laughs> Nothing against Domino's. Nothing against Domino's. We okay, are from Chicago, and like Domino's Pizza in Chicago. Is but hey, Domino's, you want to sponsor us? We will talk Domino's up every. We like episode. your new sauce. Yeah, and crust. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was. It was. I am not a um, extroverted person, which was another shock mm-hmm. to why <laughs> me running. Um. But, you know, getting up there and the kids, you know, I think the kids were proud um, because there was, they saw how much support that I was getting. And I know my mother uh, was proud. And actually, one of the things um, in my speech that I mentioned was uh, when I was younger um, and actually when I first, like, kind of decided that, you know, I wanted to create change, and the story that I told was when I was living on the west side, and there was a, uh, on our street, there was a store at the corner, and 
you know, cars would just speed down and kids would get hit all the time trying to go to the store. And um, when I was younger, we went, I, th- I was maybe about nine or 10, we went to a meeting organized by ACORN um, to try to get a sign put on the street, like a stop sign, so that, you know, we could at least hopefully save lives. And um, I don't remember what the process was. I know we were meeting, it was hot, it was summer. Uh, but um, in the end, we did get that stop sign. And I think, you know, that was probably the start of my uh, social work life. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Just knowing that acting can create change. And so, yeah, I always wanted to help people and make a difference. And I think I mentioned well before that my um, earlier profession that I wanted to be in was a dentist. But um, that was only because I was six and I was going to the dentist. But... (laughs) (laughs) Then I realized I don't want to look in people's mouths. <laughs> Nothing against dentists. Um. So, do you remember the conversation of, that you had with the kids about like explaining what a state representative is and what they do? Because they're like, "What? What does that mean? Like, what does running for office mean? What's a state representative?" No, I don't. Do you remember? <laughs> well, I do remember that we had, like, one of our table conversations. Like, all of our serious conversations with our kids occur around our dining room table, mm-hmm. where we all sit together. And I do remember saying, hey, you know, Mama's taking on this, because uh, Danica's Mama and I'm Mommy. So Mama's taken on, uh, has decided she wants to run for office, and a state representative is someone that works in our capital. Mm-hmm. And they work with a lot of other representatives from around the state to help pass laws that make the, you know, make good change through our community, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very important position. It's very hard to get elected. It's going to be really hard. And so mama's not going to be around a lot. Like, like it's really focusing on what's going to happen with them. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to help, you know, at times. And, you know, but this is something that's really important. And if she actually gets it, you know... She's going to be viewed as a very important person in Naperville, and so you guys might be treated a little bit differently. I remember Bryce going like, "What? We're going to be famous?" Right. That, that, that was what he said. I do remember that. It's like, no, not necessarily, but you know. Um, yeah, that was their thing. They wanted to be famous. Well, yeah. he did. Yeah. Um, I think being famous excites him and scares him at the same time, but mm. kind of like you. As it should. Yeah. yeah, as it should. <laughs> So anyways, it was just, it was, it's hard to explain. What is a state representative? You right. know, how do you explain that to, what, were they eight at the time? The boys? Yeah. Yeah, Laney was older. But anyways. Um, so yeah, in, in family participation, mm-hmm. you know, um, the kids went out, mainly like, uh, Laney. Our oldest daughter went with me to get signatures. Yeah. And hitting the streets. I, we were hitting the streets. And uh, I also brought her because people usually aren't that mean when you have a kid with you. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's just like, stay there. And, you know, people were... Actually, I actually did not get... I got a pretty good re- reception out in the community. Uh, were you scared to go out there? I was just about to say oh, that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, there has been... Um, 
previous times that other people have talked about, you know, being out in the neighborhoods and having the police called on them or, you know, that was my thing. I was afraid that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe somebody wouldn't open their door because they thought I was going to do something. So I definitely was aware. Uh, so I would knock on people's door and then step back you know, far enough so they wouldn't think I'm trying to, like, attack them. Mm-hmm. Um, Out of curiosity, the other people who you spoke to that had issues, were they people of color? Yes. Just curious. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a, another uh, black woman who uh, tried to run for um, the, the county board, and she didn't win. We have actually never had a black person... On the county board, DuPage County Board, well, ever. We got our first person who uh, is a Muslim on the board. But other than that, there wow. has not been any diversity that I know of. Maybe someone who was Latino years ago, but I do know that I've looked at all the pictures on the wall <laughs> when, yeah. I went to the, when I went to the, um, the mm-hmm. county. Uh, building and all the way back to the 1950s because I highly, highly doubt before the 1950s right. that maybe black people were in this town. Uh, but, um, yeah, th- there weren't any. So, you know, I, I knew that running, me running would be, it running and winning <laughs> would be historical no matter what I ran for out here in DuPage County. Which is, I mean, which is actually kind of sad. Like, at this point... Wait, let me also add, I don't think anybody queer, at least out. I'm going to say that, too. Mm. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, at this point now, though, if you're, you know, if any entity is celebrating its first whatever, you know, first queer person, first transgender, first black person, what have you... It's not a point of pride anymore right now. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, what the hell took you so long? So, yeah, you know, people were celebrating like, yeah, well, we've, you know, made the change for diversity. We have our first, you know, uh, first mulatto on the board. (laughs) Because, you know, they're still going to find some way to be offensive. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like, like, no, it's, it's, it's too late. Let's, you know, let's just start making the change. Anyway, that's my little side point. But yes, I would just like to point out just because I like to be the fact researcher. Yeah, it's the teacher in me. So I just pulled up the census and DuPage County, uh, as of July last year, 2019, their population was 922,921. So just under a million. And if you break down the demographics as far as uh, race origin, 79.5% 79.5% is white alone, and then the rest of the percentage is broken up into 5.3 is black or African American, uh, 12.7 is Asian, 2.1 is two or more races, uh, Hispanic or Latino is 14.6, and there's like some under 1% there as well, but the fact that you have a an area outside of Chicago, not far outside of Chicago, where 
you have definitely some diversity. I mean, obviously, it is in the, you know, there's still minorities in that county, but that there's never been anyone in 2020 right. is shocking. Well, I do want to highlight that uh, a really good friend of mine is still in the race. He identifies as a gay black male, and he is running for uh, state rep as well. Uh, he um, would make history <laughs> uh, in DuPage County. We were hoping to do it together, uh, but I, I didn't make it as far as he did. But um, he's running. He's still in it, and he definitely has a chance to win, and he will become the first black and gay person to be uh, state representative from the from uh, DuPage County. It's nothing new in Cook County, which is Chicago, you mm -hmm. know. But out here, that's a really big thing. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, going out into the neighborhoods, you know, one of the things I did was I made a biography and I shared it and I hide like I took it. There was a family picture on there and it says uh, me, my wife and kids. So I would give this to people knowing that they would know that I was a queer woman. Mm -hmm. Well, they knew I was black because they saw me. Uh, but, you know, I don't necessarily wear that all the time. Um, well, I am wear black all the time, but not the queer part. <laughs> I'm interchangeable. Uh, no. And there were people who were like, oh, you know, you know, good luck to you and your wife. And I actually did not get any negative feedback from me passing out these different flyers. Um, of course, I did go to the houses that were uh, deemed democratic. <laughs> but, um, and I also ran into some independents as well. And still kind of like the same thing. So it made me a little bit hopeful for, um, you know, change around here and acceptance. Um, but, yeah, so um, I was getting support from, you know, different people. Of course, you can't, you cannot say that you're helping or supporting people out loud before um, uh, an election is decided, especially a, um, my mind is blinking on me. Not a, it's not a general primary. Election. Primary, yes. Uh, um, and so uh, there are people helping me with signatures, you know, kind of helping me with a little bit of uh, fundraising. Um, and so, yes. And um, as we were winding down to turn in the petitions to get on the ballot, um, now before. I announced really late because I wasn't sure if anybody else was running. So we're in the community talking, and they're like, nobody else is running. And then somebody else ran. Um, and this was somebody who had more support uh, from the state than myself. And in support, I mean money. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I got on the ballot, and I do remember... Um, Going down to Springfield, we took the kids, mm -hmm. um, 
Family yeah. road trip to Springfield. We took a family road trip to Springfield. It was cold and windy. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. It was really windy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were looking for the building. Mm-hmm. We went to like three different places. Yes. <laughs> um, but we finally got it all together. And um, we were turning in the paperwork. And I think the kids were punching holes. Yeah, because we had to like put it in a two-hole punch thing all like together prong. like yeah. a prong and to have them all the ballots all together and had to make sure they were all notarized and everything and so the that was the boys job they right. were like punching the holes <laughs> and putting it on the thing in numerical order and stuff mm-hmm. so we we're taking pictures and then um we turned it in and you know i was officially on the, the ballot or going to be on the ballot um and then like i said um someone else joined the race like but literally wasn't it like two weeks two or weeks week I, was say, I remember you telling me yeah it was before like the last due. minute two yeah. weeks before this person um joined the race and my my thing is this you know i've talked with other people who have run before and you know i would have liked to have had a conversation you know with anybody else who was running so that it could be like, hey, you know what? I'm very passionate about this. I want to blah, 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 blah. And we come to an agreement and say, you know what? You can run this time. I've had, I've heard conversations like this, um, but that was not my case. And so, um, you know, I was on the ballot. They were on the ballot. And I was just trying to continue to get my name out. I had my postcards. Some people were putting up signs. Um, and, you know, I actually had a fundraiser, karaoke fundraiser. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I just want to just jump into just to give a little timeline context, right? So Danica's announcement event was August. Yes. And the ballots had to be submitted. Was the end of October or beginning of November? End of November. End of November. Okay. Yeah, it was right so, before Thanksgiving. So you, by this point, you had been gotten a lot of support. You gone to all these events. Um, yep. You know, talked and gotten support from the precinct committees. Gotten all the like hit the streets. Worked hours and hours and hours to get all these petitions. How many petitions do you think you got at the end? Was it like a thousand? Was it about seven hundred fifty or? Oh no, it was like a a little over nine hundred. Nine hundred. Okay. Yeah. So nine hundred signatures by the end of November and this person comes in supported by a high powered state person mm-hmm. got all this money basically mm-hmm. the democratic establishment yeah. of the state yeah decided yes. they wanted and they had met with you they had met with me but um I think that I was and it, it has come out later I was too much of an activist which meant that uh I probably I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. You, would so, go, yeah. you would go AOC on them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're not going to fall in line with what they, their agenda. I don't follow rules. Yeah. But I don't break laws either. You so. don't break laws, but you don't like to be told what to do. No, no. Especially when, when you know, some things are right. You know, yeah. being, being a social worker, I have seen a lot. I have, I know the situations people are in with mental health and substance abuse and all those things and you know a lot of this stuff sometimes comes comes through as punitive and it's you know it it shouldn't be that way right so I just wanted to give the listeners that might not be aware like like the timeline context you'd already been working for months yes this person comes in with that backing hundreds of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. and you had barely raised 200 
dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all wow. hard work. It's all hard work and time. She had a lot of friends and family volunteering their there time. Of, yes. There were a lot of people supporting me and backing me. Uh, and yeah. this is one of the things I also learned in politics. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be cynical, but in politics, you have no friends. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. And so, when this other person joined, there were a lot of people who were supporting me who backed away mm-hmm. and decided either they're going to stay neutral or they're going to back this person. Yeah. Um, and that was very, very hurtful. Mm-hmm. But, as I said before, I never thought I was going to be a politician and this is just the way the political world is. It's really about, it's about power um, and sometimes most of the times, I think people aren't in it for the right reasons, but, you know, my reasons were pure and definitely wanted to make a difference in some kind of a way. And I think people believe that. Um, and I don't think I would have had any problem, of course, being uncontested. Uh, but then also the person that is currently in that seat, you know, um, is kind of pulling at straws because this this district is changing. Yeah. And we could actually, you know, the person who's in, uh, who's running against him now would make history as well. Yeah, right, because she's a woman of color. She's a woman of color. And so they, they chose a great person. I mean, right. and like, if, if Danica wasn't running, we'd probably be like, yeah, totally. We got, you know, she aligns with a lot of the same values. And what was really interesting, though, like having the competitor... Right then, you had someone to to debate with. You'd both show up the same events, yeah, and you'd have and you really had to refine your speech and engagement with crowds and like help them figure out who to vote for. So I mm-hmm. think you got better, but I think what was really interesting and really hard was that the people that were backing you and then backing away. There was a few that were really honest and had those conversations. Just like, look, Danica, you need you should probably just quit, right? Mm-hmm. And why and did you not I was quit? quit? Well, you know. <laughs> Um, I started it and I was going to finish it. And plus with my kids, like, you know, showing them that you don't just quit when things get hard Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. things are hard all the time. Mm -hmm. And plus I am an African American woman and resiliency is in my blood. So, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She's raising her hands. Yes. But, but still, you know, like. I actually um, still believe that I could win. You know, a lot of people <laughs> are like, "No, there's no way impossible. There's no way possible when you're going up against possibly three, four hundred thousand dollars of uh, uh, other political stuff being mailed out." But you know, um, I I didn't want to give up, and so even though I lost that race in the end, you know, I felt like. I had done what was right. Yeah. I don't have. I didn't have any regrets about it. I still don't. Um, and you know, there are people who are wondering if I'm gonna run again. In something different, and or, or they just want to know what I'm running for next. Yeah. So there's people that still want you to run. They be still involved want me to in run. politics, but yeah. Um, it didn't work out this time. I. Oh man, I just like when that happened. I just remember like, you know, so as a supportive partner here. <clears throat> I learned a lot as well because I remember like different road trips 
where Danique and I were literally trying to put together a political Facebook page and figuring out how to do that. Yeah. Coming up with a slogan for your run. Mm -hmm. um, and coming up with, like, your walk cards and designing those. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm not a marketer or designer, but, like... We gotta do what you gotta do, right? right? And you were my treasurer, so I, I ended up being her treasurer and having to fill out all the financial paperwork. Or maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. <laughs> Your signature's on it. <laughs> no, but figuring out how to fill out political paperwork mm -hmm. and um, and I remember like uh, you did a fundraiser and was able to get some money from you know different people, and so you ended up raising a couple thousand dollars, which yeah. then you used to buy signs, which were driving at two in the morning down. You know, deserted streets in Naperville, putting them out. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean, it was it was a lot of work. It was uh, the kids would drive and put signs out and stuff too. With oh you. yeah, yeah, they, that was for my birthday. I remember yeah. that. On your birthday, we went to brunch, and on the way back from brunch, we had a bunch of signs. We would just stop out, pull over, and the kids would put signs down, and yeah. it was fun. You know, in some ways, we made it a family thing. Yeah. So, yeah, but. You know, I think the way that you, you know, kind of described it is, like, it didn't end up working out. And, and honestly, like, COVID hit right before the election, yeah, right? Yeah. The election was March 17th. And so we were all on lockdown a couple weeks before. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the real big lockdown kind of happened on the 13th. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. uh, that's when the kids stopped going to school. But, mm -hmm. like, yep, we Friday were, the 13th. Mm -hmm. Never forget that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that we, we were, it, it was like the end of February started popping up and then like around the second week in March and it was just like, okay. And then there were people who were afraid to go vote. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, yeah. and it was too late for mail-in ballots for some people. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It's crazy. And so, even though you ended up losing, like, I mean, in a way, since we were in the heart of the pandemic... I, I like, didn't lose. I just didn't win. Right. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. When you did not win... Thanks. <laughs> as a family, though, like, thinking about, like, not only all that time, like, it was, you were gone a lot, mm -hmm. um, and it was also a financial uh, thing because you weren't able to work as much, right? And... Yeah. Um, you know, we were, it was, it was a real struggle. And so, but then also Lainey came with me to a couple events yeah, and took she did. pictures for me. Yeah, she did. Mm. So Lainey was a photographer. Yeah. I mean, it she, was a real family yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. She was also my, uh, campaign manager too. <laughs> what, what kind of impact do you think? Because Lainey, of the, th of the three kids, Lainey seemed to be right there mm -hmm. with you in 12. so many mm -hmm. events and, um, helping you out in so many different ways. What kind of impact do you think that that has had on her? Have you guys uh, talked to her about it, or have you gotten a sense of what that meant to her or how she views it? The impact, uh, I haven't necessarily talked to her about it, but, like, her seeing that, you know, we have a voice and people want to hear it, um, I think she was proud. I think all of the kids were really actually proud uh, and kind of sad that I didn't win, but like, you know, it, like I said, it wasn't necessarily just about winning. It was about like continuing mm -hmm. to the end. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so yeah. Well, there's also, sorry. No, go ahead. There's also a lesson in just doing it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I keep thinking about. It's like, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, sometimes you have to do a thing a couple of times 
because it, you have because then you reset each time, right? So right. next time you know like okay, I know this is what I have to do, and I know this is what I have, I have to, to raise go raise money, and this is what <laughs> <laughs> right? right, and um, you know, and then it's just one of those things where you know once you start, you know, you've already had the exposure, you already have a great you know resume for this, um, so yeah, it's just that you know there are a lot of things that you learned along the way that I think is going to, you know, help you in whatever. Which would take me to a follow-up of that. If you did it differently, if the next time you run, or if you could go back and do it again, what things would you change? If anything, like how would you approach it differently? Hmm. Probably getting out on the streets more. Although I did have some support from other people uh, who were out on the streets and they were just also passing along my um, literature. But probably the way that I let people know who I was, you know, and well, of course with money, but probably doing mailers. You know, I really think that that actually made a difference. Um, so people can know who I was. Yeah, I swear to God, the other candidate, because she had so much money, I don't know if she actually did much door knocking, but I swear, like, leading up to that election, every week we would get a big Three old... or four... Mailers. Mailers. About her. Yeah. And, um, and I think that she really didn't, I don't know if she really wanted to do it at first, and, like, every time she would go against Danica, Danica would talk about something like healthcare or mental health or something like that. And each time she would learn from Danica and reframe her thing. Because she used to just talk about money. Because she's from the financial world. It's like, oh, I just want to do the budget, blah, 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 Right. But then she started talking about Danica's issues. And you started seeing these mailers coming out talking about some women, stuff Danica was talking about. Women's rights. Yes. Yeah. Mental health. Yeah. So if anything, Danica did have an influence on her. Yeah. And she sent a card to Danica after. You're she not won. tell people all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought it was nice. At it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it. Part of me, I was wondering because, like, you know, it just sounds like you, you know, you got caught up in the political machine, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because that sounds like like strategy. Like, you wait to see, like, okay, where are they at? What's happening? All right, boom. This is a good time for you know for us to enter the race, um, and you know, which sucks, but that's you know, political machine is keeps it churning yeah and um so that's one thing but you know as far as endorsements and going to interviews you know there were times when we met up at the same place (laughs) and you know the fact that these places were going to were like organizations that were like unions uh and there's a certain influence that the state has on that um, I I got a lot of good feedback, and like it it seemed like, yeah, I'm gonna get this endorsement. But once it all kind of fell out, you know, people are gonna do what they mm-hmm. are supposed to do. So, but um, yeah, I I don't know. You know, I went out and represented myself. Um my family, my community, as well as I could. You know, I'm not a public speaker uh, and definitely come a long way with that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, 
it's not always about this presentation. Although I did actually have to wear like more makeup and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, which is not me because <laughs> that's like extra work. But I have learned to put on my own makeup and not use my mother as much. So <laughs> what um, made you feel like you had to do that? Because there has been there. I had heard feedback. Um, actually, in regards to my hair, there were there were some racist stuff like, um, oh, you know, she's so she she looks unkempt. Uh, you know, her hair's not neat. It was just like that kind of kind of stuff. Like, you know, mm -hmm. she's a black woman. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, and so then I had to like step it up and you know, have like a power jacket, which I still have. Uh, and it was interchangeable with a lot of different shirts. Um, but yeah, there was just comments about me looking polished enough. Mm. And, you know, that's a trip because when it comes down to it, the way I look has nothing to do with exactly. the way that, nope. um, you know, what my values are and how I want to represent um, the mm -hmm. people. Well, and I think that, you know, and the reason I asked that question, I kind of, I already knew what the answer was going to be, but I think it's important that people who are not exposed or aware of the depth of systematic racism understand just how it reveals itself. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've known you for years, and I could maybe count on one hand the time I've seen you in makeup. And the, the fact that, you know, um, I mean, usually you're wearing your camo jacket or shirt or shorts or something, you know, and the way that, you know, you presented yourself at all of at these events that, you know, we went to was very different from the Danica that I had mm -hmm. known for mm -hmm. years. And so I think the fact that people feel that they can, I don't know, like it, it blows my mind, especially as a white woman, um, just like, it just incenses me, like that people say that kind of stuff. And I know that's my privilege and stuff, but you know, for people to actually say that out they, loud right. to someone right. to get it back to you is... I don't think they wanted it to get back to me. I think mm. that there was their own conversation amongst themselves and someone told me about it. Okay. Okay. Right. I mean, I, I mean, cause I, I, I kind of, you know, tried to, uh, coach you in styling because I'm, I'm a dapper boy myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I'm not a fan of that camo jacket, but, um, <laughs> okay. So but is this going to yes. turn into a camo jacket intervention? <laughs> Bring it out. Really, Tamika looks really hurt over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy. But um, it's like to be um, a security but, blanket. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I, I did. I, Tiffany's right. I mean, I saw you, and I was like, you know, you look good, you know. But I was like, but you weren't Danica, you know. And and I felt, you know, it kind of, I don't know. It it, like, it made me feel uncomfortable because I can just I I can't even imagine having to look at a, you know have a certain persona just to appease, you know a handful of people so they think I'm okay for the job of looking good I guess I mean it's like you know how's that you know it, it's affecting your mental health and also yeah it and I also want to say this you know there were within these last few years 
there have been large numbers of women of color running for office. Mm -hmm. And the thing about running for office is that you do have to dress a certain way. Mm -hmm. But it costs money. Mm -hmm. And there was an organization, I can't remember, that if they knew you were running for a political office, they would loan you out clothes. Uh, I think it was uh, L.L. Flora. I don't remember, but... Um, Tiffany's I, researching it right, right now. <laughs> yeah, and actually, they had accepted me to their program, so I was like, ooh, yeah, after this primary, I'm going to be dressed nice. But I didn't. Well, but if you if you remember, I, I mean, there was like a whole big... Wasn't there a whole big hoopla with AOC? Oh, yeah. Because, shoes. like, about how she dressed before she was elected, how she dressed after she was elected. And, I mean, I I just remember hearing that and thinking, who cares right. what she's wearing? She looks professional. Obviously, as a politician, you have to look professional. Mm-hmm. I mean, it that's the way it is. As a teacher, I technically should be wearing a very professional attire. As an elementary teacher, I wear jeans and because and, i got to get on the floor with the kids. But... Yes, obviously there is certain attire you should wear in professions, but she's wearing, who cares, you know, how much it costs? Who cares, you know, if it's a designer? But again, that is really, it's not about the designer. It's not about any of that. You You saw that with Michelle Obama. It is about a way that people can go about knocking down women of color and targeting them in a way that isn't as blatant as coming out and saying, that's a black woman, or that's a Hispanic woman. Microaggressions. Or, right, exactly, yep. microaggressions. And I, I think, again, people need to open their eyes and be aware of those things. Right. I mean, I was shocked. Like, the, the elitism just shone out when, you know, they would talk about AOC and talk about how, like, she used to be a bartender. I'm like, that's great. That means she's down to earth, you know? That means that she's, like, you know, that she's one of us. But listening to her speak, you know that she's qualified for the Very job. Smart, yeah. yeah, exactly. So well, I you know, want to say this, too. There are people in office without college degrees and maybe even just a high school degree. Nothing against high school degrees or GEDs. Uh, but, you know, they try to make it seem as though it's this esteemed type of thing when it's people. The representation, mm-hmm. you know, should be the people. This, this goes for the people, by the people, of the people. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like, yeah, it should be people who uh, don't come from these trust funds or, you know, these high-powered jobs where, mm-hmm. you know, like, so, yeah, I can see some doctors, but, like, you know, these are people who don't have the background with working with people. Maybe they were, you know, presidents or CEOs of companies and all of that, and they don't know what the people on the ground mm-hmm. are, you know, mm-hmm. thinking, feeling, or anything like that. Well, so, isn't that the problem with what we see now in, in the political realm is that you have... First of all, you have these individuals who have been in Congress 
for decades their, upon decades. Their career. I know. mean, there's that, exactly their career, which I'm sorry, it, it should not be because the, the face of the communities are changing mm-hmm. so much. And you do like, I want to see someone who is going to represent me. And if you look at these political, like, powerhouses, mm-hmm. and you look at the districts and the areas that they represent, I mean, again, we're looking at the haves and the have-nots in a lot of these cases. Yeah. But, well, again, we I, I feel like, you know, you deal with, in those cases, you deal with the power, mm-hmm. you deal with the money, mm-hmm. and you deal with who is going to... The lobbyists, who's going to get us what we can get? We don't want some person going rogue and doing their own thing. We want someone who's going to get us what we want. We want to keep our wealth. Right. Because, you know, it is crazy. Uh, Mitch McConnell um, has at least $16 million or something like that, or maybe even more. I don't know. But, like, retire. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not... It's about money, but it's also about power. Yeah, this is it's mainly about power mm-hmm. that keeps these mostly men, white men, in office. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything else to do. Right. Well, they'd have to actually do work. You know, <laughs> they would actually have to like prepare speeches and go on this. You know, the the circuit yeah. of giving presentations and stuff. Side note: to follow up from our. Uh, needing a power suit um, conversation just a few minutes ago. It is M.M. Lafleur. M.M. Lafleur. Yes, and they provide, um, they lend clothes to uh, women and professional attire to women who are running for office. And what's, how do you spell Lafleur? Lafleur. It's French. <laughs> Sorry, I took French in high school, so I feel I can say, I say it like that. I you sounded Nordic. I know. Lafleur. Lafleur. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I like to pretend that I had a uh, French accent, which I never did. I could never do the art. Any. What was your, hey, what was your French? Uh, sorry, I'm by. What was your French name in in high school? Because you know you always. Oh, of course, one. it was Noel. Oh, okay. Mm. What was yours? Dominique. Dominique because it was like Dominique Devereaux. Oh, oh you know. yeah, yeah. Okay, so nice. Lafleur Capital. Wait, are we going to do all of ours? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't take French. Oh, I was I was Chantal. <laughs> you took French. I guess I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and just out of curiosity, how many of the three of us have ever used our French after high school? I did it in college because I took French in college. Yeah. You did. I, I took yeah. Espanol. Yeah, I tried to speak French once on a family vacation, and my dad yelled at me why people <laughs> in France didn't speak English and why he had me take French all those years. And I said, obviously, I have no idea. Um, so it's capital L-A, capital F-L-E-U-R, M-M Lafleur. Okay. I can't, I can't do it. Thank you. You're a I was accepted to their program. But that's an awesome. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that, I'm yeah. That's kinda, that's an amazing. Yeah, let's get off from the AOC thing because Plugs. people are saying like it costs money. Right. It's mm-hmm. like you have to have money to run for office. Yes. Because it costs money for things. Lots mm-hmm. and lots of money. Mm-hmm. And that's not me. What, it, so which, and that's, and, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sure. It's just depressing. Like that. You know that in order to win, you got to have money because. You know, there are a lot of people who have a lot to offer, who are relatable, who know what's happening on the ground, who can make a change, but they don't have money. It's infuriating. So, like, literally what we learned, and, like, well, at least what I learned about running for office 
is that you, it's not just about getting out there and getting to know your name. You also have to be uh, a marketer, a designer. You have to be good at, you know, public speaking and talking to people. You have to be an excellent fundraiser because it is 80% about the money yeah. that you have. You know, um, so like you, it's literally the focus is you have to sell yourself. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You have to, you are the item that you're selling to the voters. Yeah, you're a product. And you have to sell yourself and you have to consider all of the stuff that goes behind. What does that mean? And I just want to, I mean, I just want to point out because, you know, Danica responded to my question of what would you do differently. Um, and as she was talking, I, I, I mean, it just popped in my head. I mean, she did not do anything to, um, you know, to change who she was at the core yeah. just to appease people. And I think that that is, I mean, it sounds kind of patronizing when I say it, but I think it's commendable, but I don't mean it patronizingly. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's important. You know, we don't see that very often. People are willing, whether it's in politics or any other arena, people want something so badly that they're willing to change themselves. They're willing to adapt and they're willing to become this chameleon of sorts in order to get what they want. And Danica didn't do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's one of the things that I just, I admire so much about, you know, who she is and, and how she ran her campaign was that you knew, I mean, we know Danica. And so when she would speak and she would talk passionately about the things that she, you know, wanted to do, I knew that that was the truth. And I knew that, you know, knowing Danica and knowing that how stubborn she can be, you know, <laughs> that, you know, given the opportunity, she was going to, she was going to raise, she was going to raise holy hell if she had to. Yeah. And I, I, two, two things on that. Chameleons are actually the animal that if I was an animal, I want to be a chameleon. So... <laughs> okay, interesting. We'll talk about that in another. Yeah. I, I, all we'll of a sudden, I got that. my therapist hat on. I'm like, ooh. We'll unpack that in another episode. <laughs> uh, and I did actually. I had the opportunity to do that. In fact, as far as play a role, and I turned that down. Mm -hmm. So. This is what happens when you go on your own. But see, you know what? Like you said, even though it what you you didn't win, you your running for office served a greater purpose, I think, in that it showed your kids, it showed all of the kids of our group because all of our kids were at, you know, your um, launch, your political announcement into office whatever that was called. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, and, it, and I think that in its own way, it influenced those around you, you know, because if you want something, you know, there's something about having values and not compromising them. And I think the fact that you were so, um, you held on so strongly to those values that you weren't willing to compromise them, I think that that mm -hmm. is huge and I think that that is such a in a way a bigger success mm. 
than if you had won, won it because you showed people around you that, you know what, sometimes it's not about winning the election. It's about being true to who you are. Do you hear that, black Trump supporters? <laughs> not that they will oh. listen to our podcast. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> no, but I do want to say, you know, um, it, it was um, an inspiration to, like, black people out here like mm -hmm. there are people like I, I'm pretty sure they saw my name and they mm -hmm. knew <laughs> what Danica? Do you mean? <laughs> that was another episode where we talked about my you know, name the names is like it says black and black black I think was your quote cool. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct <laughs> um, but yeah there are people like wait you're running and you know and some people are like I'm gonna vote you know mm -hmm. like I'm gonna vote for you so, uh, and then also the fact that I was a social worker, you know, mm -hmm. there were, there were discussions I had with people who, you know, knowing that I am, uh, a Democrat, but definitely more progressive that were, um, you know, um, pro-life, you know, that's one of the things about talking with people, you get into these conversations with them and it was always coming to a middle ground. There is something that people can identify um, with in, in some kind of a way. So a person that I was talking to who was pro-life uh, had kids who were, you know, autistic. And I talked about mental health, mm. you know. And we came together on that, and she's like, I'm on the boat for you. And I was like, okay. I'm not sure if she did, but... Um, but yeah, you know, um, it's it's definitely trying to tackle those issues that are being ignored. You know, mental health is a big issue, and we're seeing it. It, ha it has always been a big issue. There's never been enough treatment. Um, there are people who can't afford it, and so you know that that was one of the big issues. And of course, the political. I mean, the uh, climate change and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. I was on board with, with that. And I think mm -hmm. that that's why, you know, one of our episodes this season, we are going to be focusing more on talking about mental health because it is, it's a big issue and we probably could spend an entire season talking about, you know, every episode, a different facet of it, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially in the, you know, COVID era that we're right. in but um yeah. i think that i think that you danica have opened the, a lot of doors and opened a lot of people's eyes to possibilities out here in the suburbs and what is possible so yeah. i mean i yeah. really i've never said this to you before but i'm really proud to be <laughs> <laughs> she's giving me a look she knows God, don't that, ever say I love you to her. Well, I wasn't going to. I, I was like, part of, part of me thought about it, but then I was like, no, that'll just send her over the edge. We don't get mushy like that. That's not the kind of friendship we got. So, no. All right. Well, thank you so much, Danica, for telling us about your experience. Um, I know that, uh, you, you know, you've, you've explained a lot to me and, you know, kind of really helped me kind of see what was going on. And, and I guess we'll wait and see if you ever decide to run again. Um, you know, so, um, so if that happens, you guys, you know, uh, 
you can always reach out to us. Um, if you have any questions about today's podcast or um, you want to know how you can, you know, help uh, future inspiring, uh, aspiring politi- political folks, um, <laughs> or if you just get into our, <laughs> if you just get into activism, um, feel free, you know, to reach us at, uh, we're on Facebook at NYNF Podcast, Not Your Nuclear Family Podcast. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at Not Your Infam. And, um, and of course, our email is notyournuclearfamily at gmail.com. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week with another episode. The Not Your Nuclear Family podcast is brought to you by DVM Production Empire. Visit us at dvmpe.com.